0: They go. That's pretty good. One thirty three to ninety seven The Raptors defeat the shorthanded Brooklyn Nets. Just how shorthanded. Uh, one moment. So no Kevin Durant, no Joe Harris, no Kyrie Irving, no Ben Simmons. those Those are four starters. That's pretty important. But a win is a win. The Raptors have lost games where they're missing guys, and so they come into this one, and they package together forty eight minutes of very good basketball, largely. Because they had a huge, and I mean huge, input of offense and defense from the likes of Malachi Flynn and Precious Achua. Of course, the the regular um, people who you know input into wins—they they help out a lot. Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent—they're all involved. Scotty definitely the most of everybody. Five steals, four assists, sixteen boards, twenty-eight points. And 12-14 of from the field. He had five turnovers, but who the hell cares, right? And so basically what the Raptors did was they, they captured their ideal form in this game. And I mean that in the platonic basketball philosophy sense, where defensively they were able to supercharge a lot of their offense by getting runouts, and it's because they threw a lot of length at every single action, They blitzed a lot of what the Nets were doing. The Nets, obviously, without a lot of their regular ball handlers, guys like Seth Curry and Patty Mills, while being great players in their own right, they still have to operate off of somebody who is a more dominant on-ball presence. And so while Seth Curry and Patty Mills, once again, they're great players, they can't run an offense for you. And that means that the Nets were in a position where they had Joe Johnson doing a lot of handling, Cam Thomas doing a lot of handling, and guys like Kessler Edwards and Andre Drummond trying to play make and do stuff like that and the Raptors just attacked them at the seams at the point of attack, you know, ball pressure, getting in passing lanes, everything. And that was evident from the start. And they didn't even see a drop off when they went to their smaller guys because Malachi Flynn, one of the hallmarks of his play style, one of one of the big, you know, strong points coming out of college was that he had won Defensive player of the year for his conference. And he is, you know, a plus defender at the NBA level. And because guard defense translates a little bit easier than big man defense from college to the NBA, he's definitely not a negative on on that end. His ball pressure was really good. You know, up in the press, he was really good. Defending in space, he was good. And honestly, like the passing lane stuff was good. I didn't see him get back cut. I didn't see him fall prey to any of the actions that the Nets were running. He was super, super sharp. And so guys like Barnes, Flynn, Gary Trent Jr., they're just attacking seams, attacking the ball and getting out and running. And the Nets felt that early. The Raptors just came out and thwacked them. And then mixed in with that, obviously, is the fact that the Raptors shot the hell out of the ball. Malachi Flynn, 3 of 5. He, along with Precious Achua, well, actually, Thad Young was 3 of 3. Precious was 3 of 5. And Malachi Flynn was 3 of 5 as well. Those guys were shooting in the more, let's say, meaningful minutes. There are some threes made by Utah and uh, Svi as well towards the end there. But the Raptors largely, when things got kind of in the nitty-gritty, Pascal Siakam, despite shooting two for 14, was able to get into the teeth of the defense and create layups and and that kind of stuff. But outside of that, Malachi Flynn sticking a triple in, I believe, Blake Griffin's eye, also creating three-point looks out of the pick and roll, getting into the getting two feet in the paint, getting paint touches, using the short roll or just going straight to the corner for makes. It was a really great offensive process night from Malachi Flynn. I don't want to pat my back on the, You know, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much. But I had an article come out literally this morning, where I talked about like, hey, you know, I looked at the context of what was happening with the Raptors. And I thought, you know, a lot of people are talking about how the defense has slipped with OG Ananobi, but nobody's talking about how the Raptors need way more shot creation without him. And, and you know, some people obviously have talked about I, nobody is hyperbole. It's just under, you know, under discussed. And I thought Malachi Flynn brings with him, you know, a pick and roll package that you can kind of set your watch to. And he hasn't gotten any pick and roll possessions this year. In that article, I say he's his, you know, play type it's been so sparse in that play type that NBA advanced Stats.com doesn't even have numbers for him. A guy like Eric Pascal, the power forward on the Utah Jazz who plays 13 minutes a game, he's run more pick-and-roll ball-handler possessions than Malachi. They took what he was best at offensively and said, no more for you. Well, he got to run it in this game. Of course, he did some good things off-ball, attacked a closeout, got to like a 17-foot jumper, hit it cut like a you know, little stutter rip jab, three in a guy's face, all that kind of stuff. But most importantly, he got to run pick and roll possessions. And the Raptors in this game had nine points just off of three-pointers he created in the pick and roll. And those were in the higher leverage minutes. This this wasn't garbage time. This was a guy getting downhill against an NBA defense that was engaged and wanted to win and creating out of it. Now, did he get to the rim at will? Would I have liked to see him actually finish directly at the cup on some of those? Sure. But he didn't in this game. He did enough, though. And I think he did enough to justify some minutes, whether Fred comes back next game or not, tomorrow or not. I guess we'll see. But Maokai definitely did his damn thing. And he pushed in transition endlessly, found opportunities for himself and for others. He he stuck his foot in this game and made it his own. That's what he needed to do. And that's why I thought it might happen. Because, you know, guards in the NBA are so damn talented that... The difference between a guy who's the 15th man or the 7th man, it's really, it's about opportunity. It's about context that plays to the benefits, like the strengths in your game, and can it hide the weaknesses and stuff like that. And that's also about how you process the game, your feel for it and all that kind of stuff. How can you put yourself in more positions to succeed? And Malachi saw that tonight was you know, an advantageous position for him. He could succeed in this context, and he did I'm really happy for him because, you know, this stretch of games, this might be the last stretch he gets on the Raptors. And he has to make good on it. Now, that doesn't mean I think he'll be out of the league or anything. Whatever happens with the Raptors, there'll be a team that takes a swing on him. But I want him to make it work with his team. I want him to be able to get minutes here. And he has to prove himself to do so. In this game, the defense, the playmaking, pushing as much as possible, trying to create opportunities out of nothing and then the shot making finishing seven of 11 from the field he even was the zone buster on one possession both he and pascal when the nets were running zone and successful he and flynn both hit really big threes right in the guy's face and kind of made them move away from zone a little bit super big deal and then scotty i mean scotty you know five steals incredible four assists great like was making pretty quick reads and the 16 boards 28 points you don't get to 16 boards typically being a wing like Scotty is without g- getting after it on the offensive glass and he had 9 offensive rebounds rebounds sorry he is he Delano, and justin Champagny are maybe the three best rebounding wings out of the 2021 draft class and they're all on the raptors That's clearly something the Raptors identified as important. It's also something they maximize on offense this year. And Scotty just did a hell of a job cleaning things up and then putting it back in. 12 of 14 from the field is no joke. And the 28 points, he hit 1-3, sure. It it was right on the break. It was a nice play, popped right out to him, caught it, hit it. But for the most part, in the first half when he was popping off, I thought that this was a guy who was – playing like garbage man on offense, but just the best garbage man you've ever seen. It's like a guy who, you know, picks up trash in a tuxedo. Or if you have different tastes and fashion, like whatever the best dressed man or woman you've ever seen is, that's what he's picking up garbage in. He just looks fantastic. Also, not nothing to be said of picking up garbage. Picking up garbage is one of the most essential jobs anybody can have, just, just to put that, that out there. But he's doing awesome, man the 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 economy of the Raptors offense would not have succeeded nearly as much in this game without Scotty doing all of the dirty work, the the unglamorous stuff, and he did it to a T. Yeah, he was awesome. the the regulars like Gary and Pascal, you know, I touched I touched on Pascal just not having a jumper. I even tweeted like, you know, Ben Simmons couldn't play in this game, so Pascal is you know doing a Ben Simmons impression where the defense is really good. The playmaking is really good, and he just can't hit a jumper. But then I think it was a few minutes later, he hit a three. So obviously that comp went right out the window. It's not like I was planning to write anything about it, but it's just kind of funny. And so Pascal, yeah, he he got into the paint a lot. The touch just wasn't there. Still waiting with bated breath for it to return. He's hit, I think, exactly one jumper since the All-Star break across these three games, and it was that three. So the touch will come back around. I'm not too worried about it. Gary, if five steals, man. This is his second or third game, I believe, this year with five steals. That that passing lane stuff, the ball pressure stuff, it's no joke. He also had five assists, you know. Scotty had four, Malachi had five, Pascal had six, Gary had five. And Precious also had four, which is, you know, awesome. More on him in a little bit. But yeah, Gary kind of, you know, in a game where his shooting wasn't really. You know, he wasn't getting into super great spots. It wasn't being created for him a ton. And even when it was, he wasn't hitting at the rate that we're used to seeing from him. He just kind of plugged away and and moved the ball, you know, better than he typically does. And he also got to the line for seven free throws. A big part of that is getting out and running in transition. Kim, uh, once again, you know, underwhelmed significantly at the center position. The good news, though, Precious did not. Now, there are quotes flying around about how he's been invigorated by his rising star selection. And so, the interesting part about Precious Achua, and you won't find a more detailed defensive breakdown of his game than what I wrote back in January. Sincerely, if you use Precious Achua, Samson Folk, it'll probably pop up and it'll explain why he's so damn good on that end. But what Raptors fans probably understand intuitively is that how crazy talented he looked in the preseason when he was taking guys off the bounce and pulling up and doing all this kind of stuff all the stuff that didn't translate whatsoever at the start of the season this game the past few games the decisive dribble moves the harder lines taken to the rim I I still don't think he's playing that much better in space or reading that kind of stuff but precious I'm I wouldn't say has arrived offensively but you know, linking these three games together, I've been uber, uber impressed. And maybe even more so than that is the corner three-point shooting because Ken Birch doesn't have that. Kem Birch likely will never have that. And so Ken Birch's ability to, you know, at his best move and mirror guys' drives to find like little push shots and stuff like that, that's good. Precious doesn't have that whatsoever. But if Precious can hit corner threes at even, you know, an acceptable clip, that already, that helps you know, paper over so much of the divide between them offensively and Precious is the far more impactful defender as well. So Precious, as, as I talked about on the weekly podcast with Trey, as Trey mentioned, like, he's so impressed with Precious that he thinks, why not just start him no matter what? And you can quibble about who leaves the starting lineup, whatever, but that's how good Precious has been, that he has people, smart people, talking about, you know, maybe this guy deserves to start and he has been that damn good and in this game he found ways to score on his own he found ways to help space the floor and defensively he's such an immensely impactful guy you know he he protects the rim way better than anyone else on the raptors you know he's probably he's had a better defensive season than pascal i don't think he hits the same highs as pascal sometimes can but he's had a better defensive season so far and he just looks great and then a guy like that he's young who just plugs in and hits three triples that does a lot for the Raptors because when the ball funnels to the corner and the Nets are like, okay, thank God it's Thad. You know, this is maybe a win of a possession. When he cans all three of them, kind of changes how you have to defend guys. And maybe, you know, maybe a guy gets a 45 cut when Thad is in the corner next time because a guy wants to run out on, on Thad. Or maybe he gets to drive into the paint and make one of his, you know, incredible little lay down passes. Or maybe he just skips it to the opposite corner. It's tough to say, but... The, the, and then Chris Boucher you know, th- this wasn't exactly the game for Chris because so many of the things that, so many of the possessions, I would actually say that typically he's able to impact on and make a change on like offensive rebounds or ducking in for dunks and all that kind of stuff. Scotty and Precious homogenized that. They, they took it all. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And Chris Boucher hit a couple threes, fit in where he could. So, I think he did his damn thing. He he certainly it wasn't one of his bigger games, but I, I have no qualms with how Boucher played. I don't have any qualms with how anybody played, actually. And then you have the collection of guys who came in for, you know, the garbage time, et cetera, et cetera. So you have Utah, Delano, Champagny, and Svee, and DJ Wilson. I'll start with Utah. He got a poster dunk. He hit a three. Hell yeah. Cam Thomas, who is one of the most explosive scorers coming out of the 2021 draft class. Tried to boogie on him several times. It did not work out in his favor. Sometimes people forget that Utah, you know, if he if his offense was better and he got to be out there for like, I don't know, 25 minutes a game, you, you would definitely be talking about him as one of the Raptors' best defenders. He is a blanket on a lot of guys. So he was awesome. Nice to see him plug in and get a poster because, you know, at least he has one now after being involved in that Anthony Edwards one last year. And then DJ Wilson... He injured himself. He, he, he kind of walked it off. He got better, but he injured himself and couldn't get back on defense. The Raptors got a turnover, tossed it up to him, and he had a wide open layup. And so you're injured. You can't get back on defense. You're like, okay, just lay it in. Get off the court. He was like, no. No, sir. I am here to entertain. I got to get up. I got to dunk this shit. <laughs> and and He did. He really did dunk it. And then he hobbled his way back up the court for the next defensive possession. A timeout was called, and he got to get out of there. But I was like, wow, that's incredible. He's really doing it for the fans. You know, he's like, I can't move, but he has an open bucket. He's like, how could I not dunk it? You know, you're you're a basketball player who's capable of dunking and you see a wide open rim. It is almost antithetical to basketball. To not dunk it, and I'm very happy that DJ Wilson agrees with me and went up and you know rocked the rim on that one and then got a dunk later in the game, actually. Uh, Delano hit a pull-up three, some some clever little passes too, and Justin Champagny, I've said for a long time that I think he's like a super underrated finisher. His numbers aren't good this year, but I, he finishes with both hands. He's hit off a lot of angles. I've seen him use interesting English, and I think mostly why... Like as the dunker spot guy or cut or as a cutter, I think he's a really fantastic finisher. I just think his numbers are bad because he gets a lot of offensive rebounds, and when he tries to get like a putback amongst the trees, that's when you realize that this guy is six foot six, and just because he can get to the offensive rebound doesn't mean he can put it back. But yeah, his finishing—he had a really nice finish off of a pass from Banton, I believe. And then Svi came in, knocked down a couple three pointers, got out and hit a left-handed layup in transition. All the best to him. But yeah, man, the Raptors, you know, ran the uh, ran the nets out of the building a little bit. They played it tomorrow night. It should be really interesting to see how things shake out. I believe that one is uh, in Toronto. So going back to the, the city, the six. Reggie Evans Award. I feel like you cannot watch a guy give you, you know, nine offensive rebounds and not give it to Scotty Barnes, you know, like that. It's not as Reggie Evans as it gets because he scored 28. 16 rebounds and four points. That ooh, that would have been like prime. Reggie Evans is just grabbing a board and you don't look at the rim. And if you look at the rim, the coach is like, don't you ever do that again. You take wide open layups, you take wide open dunks, but do not look at the rim when you get an offensive board. And so the 28 points, you know, it moves them farther away from that. But the 16 boards, quite frankly, I can't. I can't. I can't get over the 16 ports. I have to give it to Scotty, Reggie Evans Award winner. Yeah. Uh, Jamar details the quick reaction as a therapeutic win. That's the tagline he's attached to it. I agree, Jamar. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Jamar, whose work has just been awesome this year. I'm waiting for the. Okay. All right. Wow. Hey, top quick reaction comment is from Gamer. Quote, I see you had the grades in the clip ready. End quote yeah man th- this is a hack. Jamar knows exactly what's up is you know when, when the starters guys like Pascal aren't playing in the fourth quarter you can wrap up your write up on them so quickly you can just punch it in you don't even have to worry about it you can don't, and then like the you know it depends how much time the the garbage minutes are but you can really bang out a quick reaction very quickly in a in a blowout especially because people don't want people don't really care about you being specific. I find that in close wins, you know, in your write-up, people typically want you to be able to pick out where guys messed up or where guys succeeded in your write-up for them. And yet, and what? Well, at least I think for myself, I typically want to be able to highlight certain plays and certain trends that they helped affect in the game. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to see. Uh, well done, Jamar. Quick grades are, you know, the grades are cannon fodder. The quick reaction is cannon fodder. And Jamar... You got it ready for them very, very quickly. Well done. Jamar is a man of the people as it it goes. And so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow night. But, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.